Welcome to HubShots episode 132. In this episode, we look at HubSpot's decision to release conversations for free and where HubSpot is heading. Plus, we dive into some more lead flow goodness. Welcome to APAC's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well. And gee, haven't we had a good night? It's been a cracker. We've been on an adventure around Chatswood, where my office is, uh, finding all kinds of things. And shout out to Muji Goodness. That's right. Certainly is. Muji, who knew? A Japanese store could have so much wonderment. It is. Wonderment. Is that a word? Anyway, so there you go. Speaking of wonderment, so much to get through in this episode. That's right. Let's start with our inbound thought of the week, Craig. And this is pretty big. HubSpot releases conversations for free. Now, you're probably going, what does this all mean? Like it's one thing on the menu. <laughs> But there's a lot in there, isn't there? Yeah, there is a lot. And we're actually not going to go into it this episode, which you might think, well, that's the major news from HubSpot. Well, we've got articles pointing to conversations and we're actually going to have a special episode after Inbound this year, so late in September, where we're going to talk about conversations and, in fact, everything that HubSpot has for free. Because uh, we've actually been doing this with a set of our clients where we got the, we've got kind of the free stack and it's a bit of HubSpot, it's a bit of MailChimp, it's a bit of a few other things, but conversations, which is all around the shared inbox and the bots piece, is a big part of it. And it's a pretty compelling free stack. But we're not going to dig into it this episode. What we are going to chat about is HubSpot's decision to release this for free because there's so much for free now, isn't it? Oh, I know. It's like, yeah, I think... If I look at it on the surface and I think about the kind of tools we have, it's really about getting people engaged in that tool. Like when you connect your inbox, you're going to be in there, right? Because stuff's going in there. If you can create a chat bot and live chat, like they're just the essence of what people are doing or the expectation is that I can interact on the site and I can actually talk to somebody. So, you know, like how the handover happens and so on, which we hit our head against the wall a few weeks ago. I think this is pretty amazing. Like when you think about the value you get for the kind of tool, it's pretty phenomenal. It's pretty compelling. And also it's a really good user experience because quite often, well, less so these days, but I was going to say just a few years ago, all the free stuff was pretty clunky. Yeah, it's free, but it's bad user experience. Now you've got things like HubSpot and MailChimp and a few other providers out there. Even Drift has a free entry kind of version of some of their tools. And it's all really good. It's a great user experience. And I guess what I was thinking, because we've been looking at that, we have kind of our higher tier clients where HubSpot Pro and Enterprise is a good fit. But then we've got a whole bunch of others that are really at an entry level. They're not ready for Pro. And so the stack is pretty compelling, the HubSpot stack. And the only thing really that's missing is landing pages at that starter level. And I wonder whether HubSpot, they must have that in mind because even MailChimp's got a free landing page product side to it yeah and like we were talking about in the previous episode we've got google ads now where very soon they'll start creating landing pages for free yes to run ads to to give a good user experience so that they can they can drive a better result so, yeah so look pulling this all together why this is this inbound thought of the week because the thought is the amount of utility and value you can get from a free stack 
is uh, pretty amazing these days. It's a compelling offering from HubSpot and a few other players. And I think we're going to see consolidation where just all those others fall away. How can you compete with free when it's this good? It's really good. So exciting space to play in. Thanks, Damesh. All right, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. Now, we love lead flows, right? You know how much It's like we the love, gold. We it's, love lead flows. It is flows. the gold in HubSpot, right? Mm. And now there's something new that they've added to it. So the first thing I want to highlight is the follow-up. So you can actually create a follow-up email, which is fantastic. So you can actually do that. And the next thing I want to highlight is exclusion criteria. Yeah, so let me explain what this is. Lead flows for all their wonderment. Is that the word? This episode, uh, word of the episode, episode. Wonderment. Wonderment. For all their wonderment, it's pretty simple. And actually, that's part of the lead flow. Philosophy. Well, philosophy, but I guess uh, value. Why it works so well. Yeah, it's nice and simple. It doesn't have all this kind of stuff. But that simplicity has often meant it's limited. And it's still limited in some ways. Like I, I can see where lead flows is going in terms of just their forms, the forms are getting better, but they still don't have progressive form fills and they don't have things such as changing the message based on whether you've already seen it. Lead flows are pretty, they're pretty simple, right? Yes. However, one of the limitations that's always been there is that lead flows are hard to exclude from some pages. You could say, oh, appear on these pages, but exclude from these. Now, you didn't want to have to go through and say specifically this page and this page and this page and this page. What you really wanted to do was say, look, on all these types of pages so it could be all these blog posts that have this in the url but we want to exclude it from certain pages so i'll give you some of the pages you want to exclude it from you want to exclude lead flows from landing pages and you also want to exclude them from thank you pages and so with exclusions now this is part of the options that you set up towards the end of setting up a lead flow you can actually have breakout here's where it's going to show and here's where it's excluded so we've included just a bit of a screenshot from a lead flow and how we exclude it from any pages that include the word download on it. So any thank you pages and you can come up with your own rules. I think it's really cool. Lead flows that just get more awesome. So Craig, what happens if two lead flows are targeting the same URL? Yeah, well, actually there's a rule set that it, or a set of logic it flows or it follows. And uh, I've pulled out a knowledge base article on this because I used to think it was the most recently created and right back when lead flows started, remember we did all that we testing, testing and we went, oh, I'll test this, I'll test that. And that's actually what we found out the hard way Correct. just through working it all out. Now there's a knowledge base article on it that talks about the different triggers and locations and things like that. So if you've got two separate lead flows that appear in different places, they'll always appear unless you've filled them out or turned them off. You clicked X, not to show, right? So they're not competing because they're in different locations. So one main bottom left, one's bottom right, they'll show. However, what happens if you've got two different lead flows that show in exactly the same place? Well, actually, there's an order it goes through, and we've included some of the rules. I'll just give you the highlights, which is basically the most recently created lead flow will be shown as a default. However, the most recently updated also display. Now, there are things around triggering that happen. So if they've got slightly different triggers... That plays into it, but that's kind of the rules. And we've included the whole knowledge base there, but basically it means now you can go back and say, most recently updated, that one will take precedence. So yeah, I think one one thing it's highlighting that this is becoming a more feature-rich. And I think as this happens, we're going to see more things like this take place. So I think this is a great, great move on HubSpot's part. 
All right, Craig, we've got some HubSpot gotchas of the week this week. Oh, I noticed you said gotchas with a plural. That's right. So I'm going to talk about the first one. And this is, um, we were actually trying to amalgamate a couple of basic portals into enterprise. Mm-hmm. So we were moving all the sites across into this enterprise portal. Right. So you had separate portals yep. set up and you wanted to put them all into one portal. In so I've had enterprise. three basics moved into one enterprise portal. And what was really interesting, we've obviously built this over the last two years, moving backwards. And what we discovered when we were moving templates, content, and so on, the ones we built roughly one and a half, two years ago, we've had issues actually moving the templates across because, A, they were purchased and then we modified them. And they were built on their old framework. And now, obviously, the the website platform has now progressed and we've got new design tools and a new framework that enables us to do some pretty amazing things. And so I've gone through this struggle, which is still not over, of actually moving these purchase templates from one portal into another for it to actually work. And I've been back and forward with support and the people that originally created the template. And yes, let's say it's a very long, arduous journey, which is still not it hasn't ended, but it's something to be aware of. It's all about the journey, not the destination. That's right. So I think it's something you've got to be aware of because this is, if you ever think about doing this and moving multiple sites into enterprise portal that already exists in HubSpot, you have a potential to run into this problem, which will make the migration a lot longer than anticipated. Right. So I know, and you were were commiserating over some... um Wow, what was that chocolate we had tonight? Gee, that was good. But anyway, we're commiserating. Royce. Royce, yeah. Another another gem from Japan. Chat- <laughs> Japan in Chatswood. But what's the reason why people would consolidate portals? Is there give me a scenario why that's or well this scenario, for example, why is that something that you would uh, do? this scenario is we've got a customer runs multiple sites. Or I guess because they've niched down into certain areas. And what they found across their sales team, they were logging into three different portals to check leads, had contacts. And we often found they were confused. They're like, oh, which portal do I log in to get this contact? Or where is this going? They'd reach contact limits and they'd get charged for another additional thousand. You know, we're running websites in three portals. So there's three lots of that happening. There's no automation going on. So we could we could automate a lot of stuff to sales and in marketing right which we can't do in basic so there was a whole bunch of things that came to the head you know we were at this critical mass where we're like well we're paying for all of these basic portals with ads add-on and websites so just imagine three of those times right like it's all adding up here enterprise we've got one ads add-on we've got one website add-on we've got one portal everything's in the one place under one login that was the real driver behind it to make life simpler Yeah, that makes sense on a lot of points because not only is there the cost thing and enterprise is an expensive, it's obviously the pricey end of HubSpot's offerings, but what you're saying is split that over three portals and also every time you buy a template, oh, we'd like that in all three portals, oh, well, I'll buy it three times then. Oh, we've actually got to customise it three times. Oh, well, that's an additional dev time. Oh, and they've got to, yeah, so I can totally see that. But I think the big one that you've highlighted is user experience and user training. It's like, oh, which portal is it in? Oh, I think it's this one. Oh, the contact's not here. That's okay. Oh, I'll just create it here. Oh, no, it should have been in that. 
it's just a mess and it's hard to put a cost figure on that and see it is a mess because if you think especially if you're using the sales tools and you've got your email connected to HubSpot like oh, well, which, of which portal are we connecting it to yes of course oh no now I'm working on I've this got, business URL yeah I've got oh. the Outlook add in oh which one's yeah totally yeah this it was becoming a mess to be honest and the confusion that was ensuing after that was even greater. Right. So, okay. Well, actually, we should have done a segment on why it's worth consolidating portals, but this has actually got you of the week. And what you're saying is, yeah, it sounds so great to consolidate, but actually when it comes to things like templates and landing pages and trying getting them all consolidated, you've actually got that. We've got the whole new design editor now. Yes. You've got old templates that were built with old tools that aren't compatible any longer and trying to shift them between portals is becoming a bit of a headache. And that's why we're eating so much chocolate tonight. That's right. All right. Gotcha of the week. Well, oh, here's the other gotcha, Craig. Yeah. The HubSpot and Facebook advertising connections. Look, I, I, I was almost <laughs> going to say this one doesn't, this one pales by comparison to yours. But actually, it's a bit of a gotcha, but, but a tip maybe for listeners. Yeah. If you've ever had this message, where you go into the ads add-on and suddenly, well, one of two messages, I, I had them both, and it was, um, oh, there's an error. You need to reconnect Facebook by April 2017. I've got a screenshot of this. 21st folks. of April. 21st of April. Interesting on 21st of April. Yeah, it's actually my brother's birthday. But 21st of April 2017, oh, I better get onto that because that's like a year and a half ago. So we've got a screenshot to show that goodness. Well, all it means is you're actually your Facebook connection had lapsed for some reason. It's the first time it's happened to me in a, in a while, actually. I don't. It has happened to me before. Hasn't? Okay. Uh, and I have gone to reconnect it. I always used to get that with LinkedIn. LinkedIn's very, very efficient when it comes to, oh, I'm going to disconnect yes. and reconnect. So that's one thing. But the second thing that often goes along with that, and this is only new. I haven't seen this error before because we've had multiple Facebook accounts Correct. connected. But there's this new error where if you have ad accounts with different currencies, HubSpot just, you know, you know, has has a bit of a tantrum really and it can't handle it. And in fact it doesn't really give you much of a that's right a, of a useful message. Because you know what the error says? It says, oops, something's gone wrong. Better refresh this, right? And if this keeps up, please contact support. But the error says can't merge the report data objects with different currency code values. So we tried to decrypt that, right? Yeah. <laughs> which was exactly as you said, which I discovered as well in an account that we manage. So we both got the same result. And all we did was we selected a single account at a time. Yeah. And then that sorted out. Yeah. But the reason this is new is because previously I'd had those two accounts selected and it was reporting something, probably something wrong now that we look back on it. And someone yes. someone in the dev team's gone, oh, actually, they're different currencies. We better put in a, you know, a test for that. And in fact, if it doesn't work, we better throw this error. So that's that gotcha. So basically, go and reconnect your Facebook connector for the first one and only select single ad accounts or work out which one. Because we all have that Facebook ad account that's in USD because we set it up ages Ages ago ago. (laughs) when we chose USD. So, yeah. All right. Now, this leads on to our marketing tip. How we discovered that error was because... In our marketing tip of the week this week, we were setting up audiences in HubSpot that sync back to Google Ads and Facebook Ads, right? Now, Google Ads is the new part that's come in, so the audiences. So we're going, hey, this is really fun. Let's go connect a few things. Now, Google, I just checked Google Ads. What are you referring to there? Is that AdWords? Yes, it is. As of the 24th of July, it became Google Ads, Craig. Bit of a rebrand there in case listeners missed that. That's right. 
So this is how we discovered this error. Now, this is key. Like if you understand about Facebook audiences, now we have the ability to actually do that with Google ads audiences. So definitely go and connect it. Now we, the other gotcha here is we tried to connect the two together and we try to create the audience with the Facebook Lead forms? With the, Lead with, the, with, the, with the Facebook... Um, oh, Pixel. Pixel, right? Yeah. And the Google Pixel. And, we, and we, the way we named that audience, because we tried to create the two together, we basically got the same audience name and it created two separate audiences, one for Facebook, one for Google, which is what we expected, with the same name. So the gotcha there is don't go and create them together. Create them separately so you can actually put a unique name for the audience name. Mm. Yeah, and so things that you might want to create audiences around are thank you, pa- well, site wide visits, but certain uh, page visits. But I think thank you pages is often a key one yep. for audiences and also conversions. You know what I'd like to see in HubSpot is when you create a landing page, you're in the landing page tool, you create a landing page, yep, good, and you create a thank you page. I love a little tick box as you go through and it says, oh, would you like to create a custom audience for these automatically? If you've got the HubSpot ads add-on, yes, you publish a thank you page and it automatically creates an audience for you. Because that's quite often what we use these audiences yes. for, for excluding yep. or for retargeting. And so, in fact, for any page. Mm. I'd like a when I'm publishing so a page, do you want to create an audience? Because it'll automatically sync them for you. That's right. I was looking at, you can obviously create uh, audiences of lists that are already in HubSpot. Right. So if they've converted and they've ended up in a list as a lead, say they're a particular persona lead that's ended up in a list, you can create an audience of that. So I went through and did a few of those. So I guess that's what you could do for now in the interim as opposed to the page. Well, you but, could, yeah. yeah. Def- well, and you could do it for the page, but you you'd, could, you'd you manually could. create it that's here exactly in right. the create audience tool, which is great, by the way. Yeah. Because one of the things we normally, or one of the first things we're doing when we're setting up campaigns for clients is going, oh, let's find all the thank you pages and create audiences and conversions for them. And yeah, because um, actually that go, could go to the marketing tip. Why would you create audiences for the thank you page? And it's because you're creating exclusion audiences. And maybe maybe it's on the HubSpot roadmap. I don't know, but I think that'd be a great little bonus. All right. On to our sales feature that we create. And this is using lead bots. And this is really to do with the whole bots part that's within conversations. And we're not going to go into this because we'll talk about it after inbound. I'm sure there's going to be more announcements, but it's really exciting. So I think this is a really key thing within HubSpot and to be offering it free to people. Like, yes, I can say it's um, fantastic. Uh, What was it? Wonderment? No. (laughs) Wonderment. All right, Craig, opinion of the week, challenging conventional wisdom. Yes. So this was a tweet I saw and you know, the whole Panadol versus vitamins. Have you heard this before? How many times have you heard this? Someone yes. say, don't sell uh, vitamins, sell Panadol. Okay. We kind of take that as conventional wisdom. People want pain relief. This is the tweet. Someone said, oh, Silicon Valley says build painkillers, not vitamins. The world says, did you know the market for vitamins is twice the market for painkillers? Okay, so this is what the tweet says. Now, I don't know if that's true, and that's not the point. In fact, I went, based on this, I actually went researching to find out what the market was for vitamins versus painkillers. It's it's a massive range. So I don't know if this actual tweet is true. That's not the point of this opinion. Mm. My point is it actually challenged conventional wisdom because I actually went, oh, yeah, I've actually thought always try and sort out people's pain points rather than a better life as part of marketing. But it got me thinking, why don't we just challenge those assumptions? And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying the opinion of the week 
try to always challenge your assumptions. And so with that in mind, by the way, some of the replies to this tweet know, are great. <laughs> and we've included them as for balance within the, the I'll show I'll read notes. you one of the last replies on yeah. this thing. It says, Silicon Valley has it right. In 2016, US pharmaceutical sales were $450 billion, which was over 10x the amount of US supplement sales at $43 billion. That's right. So, so there you go. Well, pharmaceutical sales, I guess, encompasses encompasses a whole bunch of things. It could be cancer yeah. drugs for all exactly. we know. But so yeah, but pretty phenomenal when you look at the number, right? Yeah. So so look, what I thought well, the challenge, and here's the takeaway: think about some of your conventional wisdom, and you know the solution. It's really easy. Test, test and, and measure. measure. Test and measure. So here's three examples: people that focus on email frequency instead of relevancy. I had this last week again. Someone said, oh, what, how often should we send this email? I'm like, depends how relevant it is. Correct. So that's a... I send emails every week to a particular group of people that um, I help a church offer connect groups, right? So mm. we have stuff happening in fortnightly cycles, but I email everybody every week. So I tell them, here's what's going on, here's the time, and people get it every week, and they're happy to receive it <laughs> because it's like a, rem- a jogging reminder of like, oh, I can come this week, or I need to be there. Or this person speaking, so it kind of helps them. I totally get that. We were we were doing a strategy session with a client um, two weeks ago now. Yeah, a big debate. Oh, we want to increase the frequency of the sending, and they're, they're, it divided the room. They're going, oh, we want to do it every day. Oh no, it should only be three times a week. Oh, what do you think, Craig? I'm like, well, uh, I kind of think it's all about relevancy. And then someone, the content editor, you know what she said? She says, actually, we don't have enough good content for five times a week. I'm like, well, that answers the question right there. <laughs> and there's a big debate going on. You know, oh, it's all about frequency. It's no, it's actually about relevancy. Yeah, anyway. So that's one. Here's another one. You know how people focus on LinkedIn instead yes. of another channel? Yeah. I find this so often with B2B stuff. They know we all want to be on LinkedIn. I'm like, why? Have you actually tested that? You might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but have you tested it? Mm. That challenged the assumption. Okay. And then, of course, a, a contra to that one is ignoring, ignoring. Instagram. Ah, oh, they're not on Instagram. I'm like, well, have you tested that? Because we have, and B2B is killing it on Instagram. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. Challenge assumptions. There you go, Craig. All right, our resource of the week, Craig. And this is the Spotify Ad Studio. Yeah, so we've been part of the beta program for Spotify ads in Australia over the last six months. It's been massively successful. We've been doing this for um, one of our big um, global clients. So Kylie on our team has written up a big blog post about how we use Spotify Ad Studio and how to get it set up. It's really good. Yeah. So something else to just put in your arsenal of of getting reach. Yeah. Gold, Craig, gold. All right. Onto our quote of the week. We're going to have two quotes today, Craig, from Richard Branson. First one, you don't learn to walk by following rules. You learn by doing and falling over, which I think is very true. Like if you think about marketing, that's really what our life's about on a daily basis. And the second one, one thing is certain in business, you and everyone around you will make mistakes. And I just thought it was so apt for what we often totally, you know, we should, about. we should have a shot called mistake of the week. <laughs> That's right. We should. Where we just share some of the dumb things that we've done and the mistakes we've made. So that uh, I've done a few of those this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the whole show would just be mistakes. Oh, coming up with good content. Oh, we just come up with a mistake. I mistake. So anyway, great quotes. All right. Now there's a bonus link, Craig. There's an org chart for HubSpot. Yeah, I, this, I've put this down to investigate um, just as a link. It's called Orgchart Hub. And what it allows you to do, I haven't tried this yet. I've, this is purely based on the website. 
you can build org charts in HubSpot CRM where what you're doing is, say you're working with 10 different people at a company, you can actually build an org chart and actually you can add in kind of placeholders for decision makers that you might not yet have contacted and who you need to get into your CRM. So something that I'm going to look at, it's not relevant for everyone, it's just for some clients. And, oh, who showed me this? Who do I follow on Twitter that showed me this? So just so you know, this is not a HubSpot tool. It's actually a partner connect item. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an add-on for, yeah, that's right. It's an add-on that works with HubSpot. That's right. And uh, I just wish I could fire one of our listeners. Oh, it's just escaped me, but I follow them on Twitter. Great. Uh, once I find the link, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So whoever you are, shout out to you. <laughs> yes, shout out to <laughs> this you. This time and next time. Well, anyway, Craig, it's been fantastic tonight. And listeners, we would love if you would take a screenshot of the episode and share one thing that you learned from this episode because it helps not only feedback to others what you're learning, but also helps us learn what you love about this show. If you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be fantastic. And anywhere else, you can leave reviews for us. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.